Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever type of day you're having, I hope you're having a blessed one. I want to welcome you back to a walk with Jesus. I'm your host, Mark Thomason. Let's start off by a quick prayer. And I want to say, first of all, thank you all again for coming. Lord, we ask you to please watch after these listeners of the podcast. Help them with any problems and needs that they are facing. Help our government be able to fall underneath your rule and not to be led by demonic or evil thoughts or will. We ask you, Lord, to sift out the wheat in the world and let those pieces that are unrighteous and unfruitful to be smoted and taken away from us. We ask you, Lord, to take care of the things that we cannot change and to allow our hearts to change for you as well as us. For there are many seasons, there are four to be exact, and we ask you, Lord Jesus, to please help us during each season to prune ourselves, to fertilize ourselves with the word, to groom ourselves in understanding and growing in you. Allow us to not stay stagnant as a puddle, but to grow and flow as a river. Lord, we ask you for your blessings upon our families, upon ourselves, that we may be vessels and tools to be fruitful to those around us. I am thankful, Lord, for the audience in which you have blessed me with, and I ask for you, Lord Jesus, to please just continuously bless us for this podcast to grow, for the world to be touched, and to grow even deeper in your word. I ask you for this word to touch whomever's heart may be listening to this, and for us to continuously grow as a family. To your name I pray, my Lord. Amen. Alright, so we're going to kick this thing off. Last time we spoke about the fall of sin with Adam and Eve. I'm going to give you a little bit deeper visualization of what's going on in the garden. Maybe to kind of help you understand where I'm coming from, or my thoughts, or what I've reviewed. But before that, I have a correction to note. God did create the angels. And the angels, I should have corrected myself and told you that the angels were created to actually serve man. They're the messengers between God and man, because man would fall. Angels were created before the earth was. And the reason being is because God had a sovereign plan. He knew that man would fall. He knew that even though he was going to make this creature to freely and openly and willingly submit to him, he knew that there was a possibility that one day man might rebel. And he needed somebody, something to be that bridge between he and man. Because God's too powerful, and he's too sovereign, and he's too pure for us to even be able to see. Just to give you a quick acknowledgement, when Saul, Saul, whom would become the Apostle Paul, when he saw Jesus, after Jesus had already passed on, and he saw Jesus Christ, his eyes became blinded because he saw the pureness of God. And it's interesting that they would give a correlation of Saul's eyes in three days, how they would shed to where he was able to see again. They would shed. They had scales on them. If you've ever seen a snake, you'll see that when snakes shed, their eyes get scales on them. And sometimes those scales stick on those eyes. And sometimes if they're in captivity, they have to have a human's 
assistance to pull the scales off their eyes, which can be a very brutal (laughs) situation if you don't know what you're doing. But needless to say, back on topic, I just wanted to give a little uh, explanation of my thought process. So Gen 2 is dedicated to God talking about everything else that he created. He talks about how he created animals and created the beings that would live on earth that God would, that God saw fit for man to take care of. So then we go to Gen 3, which is a more in-depth look of whom Adam and Eve are, whom the first two humans would be. And I believe they were the only humans. I do not think that God created multiple different humans, for God had a divine purpose. There's a reason why humanity runs through Adam and Eve. There's a reason why God didn't say, oh, well, I create Adam and Eve, and then I create Steve and Phyllis. No. Because through Adam and Eve, their, their children would all be born into sin. So it means every last offspring had to come from them. God didn't create another pair of people. If you're thinking about incest and all that stuff, that didn't exist. That was not around. That was not even a thought process until actually God said, man shall not sleep with daughter, woman shall not sleep with son. You know, even in that thought process, that ideology, that was because of Lot sleeping with his daughters. But we're going too far ahead. My apologies. Back to our subject. I'm going to give you another visual imagination. Imagine, if you will, a tree. Let's say an apple tree. That's what most people think of when they think of the forbidden fruit, which I don't believe it even looked like that. But I'm just going to say it's an apple tree. Let's say it's a Granny Smith apple tree. A beautiful green apple. Mmm. Juicy. Plump. But it's not known as a Granny Smith at that time. It's known as the fruit of good and evil. And this tree of knowledge, fruit, is shining. But you're not even, you're not paying attention to it because you remember what God said. Don't eat of this fruit. But you see this beautiful creature hanging from it. It has little legs. Looks like maybe a giant lizard. But you don't know it. It's actually a reticulated python. And the reason why I'm going to tell you this, like I said in the earlier podcast, you look at the hips, or if you took an x-ray of them, you'd see they had little bones where their hips would have been. So we're going to say that this reticulated python was so gorgeous. I mean, you just look at its slickness, most intelligence. It's hanging from this tree. And your eyes catch a hold of it because it's a different color than the tree's green foliage and brown bark and the ripe fruit that you've seen on it. You see this dark creature, but the sunlight's hitting it. And so it looks like a, a beautiful, colorful creature that now has multiple pigments to it. Almost as if it's like you're seeing... Every color that's in the Garden of Eden in one creature. And this creature is the most intelligent creature. So it's not stupid. Its eyes follow you throughout the garden. Watching as you move. And it slowly slithers on down the tree. Climbing, moving, getting past the branches. 
and it sees you and you walk a little closer to it. Adam, hang on. I'll be right back, you say. You start walking towards him. You investigate. You're like, what is this thing? And it says, hey. And then it goes through the whole parable. Not parable, but the whole the whole point of getting you to rebel from God. That's Leviathan. That's the serpent. That's the devil. Utilizing a creature now to get into your ear. So you've done eating of the fruit. You've done hand it to your husband. He's done ate of the fruit. And they say many Jewish scholars believe that Adam and Eve weren't naked at first when God created them. Many of them believe that they had scales, clouds that were around them, would say. And once they ate of the fruit, they would become naked. They would see each other. There would be no pureness, no holiness around them. That they would be uncovered. It's like taking a dog that has full of hair and you shave it bald. The dog seems naked. It seems ashamed. It's embarrassed. That's how Adam and Eve felt. And so, in doing so, they knew there was no aura around them because now they knew good from evil and they saw each other naked and they saw, oh, that's wrong. That's horrible. That's nasty. And see, they wouldn't be fruitful until after they're kicked out of the garden. And so, even though God had told them, be fruitful and multiply in Gen 2, that was applying to Gen 3, which was the explanation of them. Which is the explanation of whom they are. Which is the explanation of why are we seeking out Jesus Christ. Well, it's simple. Our great-grandparents fell from the Garden of Edith. And no matter how which way we turn about it, sin is in our DNA. Due to them eating of this fruit. So it says in Gen 2, 23... And Adam says, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Like I pointed out earlier, you know, Jewish people don't believe that they were completely fully naked. That they were not aware of their nakedness. You know. It's interesting because. Whenever. We look into chapter 3. The nakedness. The okayness. Is gone. The curiosity and the wonder. The innocence is gone. We see Depression. We see sorrow. We see cursed. We see anger. I mean, when I've read this chapter, I felt so angry. Why? 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 Then curiosity come. Well, if Adam and Eve never fell, would we have fallen? Would we be in a world full of sin? Would even there be a question? Will we have anything we have now? I don't think so. I don't think we would have technology. Because that's a distraction. We wouldn't have a lot of the things that we are used to now. Right now, everything that we have in our lives 
is either a tool that God's providing us to get close to Him, or it's a tool that Satan's providing to help us divide from Him and get away from God. So it says, this is the part I enjoy the most. Gen 11. Well, let's go to Gen 10. My apologies. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. That's Adam's reply to God. And that's in Gen chapter 3, verse 10. Now, if we go back, we look at Gen 9. God's calling for Adam. And he's like, where are you at, Adam? God already knows where Adam is. That's like when he asked Cain, Cain, where's your brother at? He knows where you're at. He knows where we're at. He's almighty, all-knowing. But he's seeing if we're going to be honest. So let's go to 11. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I command you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle, and more than every beast on the field. On the belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And it's interesting, because think about this. Many women are afraid of snakes, right? This is going to be crazy. Many women are afraid of snakes, I think it's because it's uh, instilled in them from Eve's falling, Eve's betrayal from the snake. See, man is not afraid of snake because man is able to control it and handle it and maneuver it and work it and make it submit. So God says in Gen 15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. That's speaking of Jesus. And you shall bruise his hill. That's talking about the crucifixion. I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. That's talking to Eve. He's speaking to Eve now, saying that he's going to make her her birthing pains horrible, sorrowful. So every time she bears a child, she goes through that pain. So you think about people that have abortions. This is a touch subject, but think about people who have abortions. They they still feel some sort of pain and longing. That even though they might think, oh well, I'm just gonna boop, it's gone. That pain is a reminder to them that they're getting rid of God's life, that they're committing what God told them not to do, which is killing life. And I, I feel sorrow for those that have had abortions. God will forgive you and love you. But something you must realize is that this divine holy bible speaks of why you feel the pain and sorrow it's because of the fall it's because of it's a reminder that we need jesus christ to be our lord and savior so he goes to the point where he says in the pain you shall bring forth children you desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, you have eaten from the tree of which I command you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake, and toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you. 
and sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for dust you are and for and dust you shall return so think about this god tells them all these things and you're thinking to yourself man there's no good news no good news whatsoever but god didn't give up on man you you know he still loved him because god took of an animal he took the skins of it and he made them clothing he got rid of those ridiculous fig leaves which if you've seen fig leaves they're pretty they're ridiculous they're not very big so he takes of them and makes uh, tunics for them and he says behold the man has become like one of us to know good from evil and now let's put him out his hands to take also the tree of life so what god's doing he's kicking them out in the garden eden so that way they aren't trying to live they aren't able to live forever in this understanding of good and evil and it's funny because i believe the only creatures that knew of good and evil was god and the angels so when he's speaking at that point he's talking to the angels he's saying they know as we know for when i initially made them they knew not of what we know but now because the devil's deceitfulness they're one similar to us So we look a lot closer into the first three chapters of Genesis. Creation. God wanted to create the world so that man can be created. So everything in the world had to fit perfectly. Had to be had to be harmonious. It couldn't be chaotic. So then we fast forward. Gen 2. God creates food for man. Harmonious. Had to work perfectly. You know. Then we go to Gen Three. Man was not harmonious. Man disobeyed God. Man fell from God. So 4 through 11 of Genesis will be a depiction of how bad it hurt man. How the tears would flow. How the blood would flow. How the, the things would change. For the first lie was told in Gen 4. But before that, the act of shame was shown through and the act of blaming not taking responsibilities for our actions it's funny as a parent we discipline our children and as children you get disciplined by your parents for not taking accountability of what you do and even arguments and fights they happen for not taking accountability trying to place blames on others to the point where we tell lies to where the point where we get ourselves away from god as I get ready to wrap up today's podcast, I will tell you this. Only one thing we can do in life is try to learn from the past. We start with Genesis 1 and work our way down all the way to Revelations. And we must realize that the same pattern has not worked. That it took a divine intervention to come into play and to cleanse humanity. And even today, we still see the same patterns over and over again and then people saying i'm waiting for jesus to come back jesus is going to come back but you shouldn't wait for jesus to come back before you come down to your knees and serve him you should be already ready there you should be meeting jesus because he's already died for us and he's already risen for us it's time for us to die for him and rise for him. And what I mean by that is let go of the things that hold you to this world, which are maybe, you know, materialistic things, 
TV shows, sporting events, anything that can cause division or cause you to lie or not be the best person that you're meant to be, let it go. I've found that through sifting through the wheat of my life, changing of the seasons of my life, I felt more completion. The more I've focused on God, the more I've put Him first, the more happier I am. I want to thank you all for listening to this podcast and for supporting it. And I pray that you share it and that we grow. And I will make an email address specifically for this podcast. So if you have questions on the topic we're dealing with or you have a topic you want to go to, we'll be able to correspond. And I want to thank you all again for listening. I hope you have a blessed day. And until next time, thank you for listening to A Walk with Jesus.